0: we go now we're rolling this is it this is it episode 472 of no laugh track podcast my name is justin severson get to host this each and every week with a headlining comedian sometimes they're people that i see annually sometimes they're people i see uh every other year is that biannual i don't know or is that twice a year i'm not sure i'm not that bright but what i do know is this is only i think the third time dave Fulton that you have been in town to do this podcast and uh I've been we looking f-
1: forward to it. Fourth, maybe? Fourth,
0: maybe? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but the last one we did was in 2019, and yeah. here we are in 2022. Welcome back, sir. Thank you very much, Justin. Uh, did anything anything worth talking about in last couple of years? the last three years? Oh, wow. Uh. <laughs> you were here. Uh, we did see each other. <coughs> you were here for the uh, 30th, anniversary. 30th anniversary show. Acme's 30th anniversary was last year. That's a big
1: shows. You that were was great. That. that was great. Yeah, the... Um, you know, we all did the, because I live in London, so there's all the old COVID tests and, you know, I got all the um, vaccination, I had that documentation. And then it's great because Lewis goes, okay, here's the money to come over. And of course, if you live like over there, hey, uh, I, you know, I put a, you know, I put a grand in my, in my pocket here. But When you live in London, I was, uh, when I went home, I was 200 pounds in the hole, you know, but you know what? I ought doubled that. It was so great to gig with everybody. And uh, and the bill I was on was, I was on with uh, John DeBoer, um uh ryan stout and chad daniels and um and i was like oh shit right but uh but i went on third and it was it was fun and and chad had to follow and he was complaining and just to make me feel better but i mean i love chad don't get me wrong but you know what's funny it it came up you know because social media um is hardwired into your brain and your secret thoughts and so I must've thought, well, I, well, Chad, what's his name again? And they're like, oh, here's a video. And so I'm like, oh yeah. So I watched a little bit of Chad on whatever, like Instagram or you know, Twitter or something. I don't know, right? Sure. And uh, of course it was great, him just messing around, him just being Chad. And then, um, and suddenly, you know, the metaverse kind of went, well, look at this guy. If you like Chad Daniels, look at this guy, look at this guy, look at this guy. And it's like, all of these other comedians I never heard of who don't even come cl- fucking close to Chad Daniels. They're like, you know, you like, what about this guy? And you know, and he's almost. You want to like send this message, going, look, I really love Chad, but I can't help these other guys. <laughs> All right,
0: you got to link them to somebody else. Yeah, on their stop level. it.
1: You know, uh, why are they swinging off his coattails? Because, he, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he doesn't even know it. You know, the fact that uh, people are like, are you, who are you like? Uh, I'm like Chad Daniels. Okay, we'll put that in the. Uh,
0: <clears throat> I thought that you were gonna go, and then eventually it hit to you.
1: No, never. Yeah, no, never. No, the only thing if. What happens is if you start watching enough um, police videos where there are shootouts, then it goes to my car. Is that right? Yeah. There we go. Then it goes. <laughs> uh,
0: they introduced you uh, when you came on stage last night as an American living in London.
1: That's correct. 22 years? Is that uh, right? Yeah, that's correct. I've been there 22 years. Never, I had no career goals. It never yeah. occurred to me that I'd be stuck on that cold, wet island for this long. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, here I am. And, what? Uh,
0: what interesting timing that you're here when it's the center of the, you know, pop culture universe going on back there right now.
1: Yeah. With the queen. With the queen cacking and all. Um, yeah, that was crazy. You know what's weird about that is, you know, I've been watching a few you know, Twitter feeds and this and that from, like, you know, Lord Kilmartin and, and some other people, and, <clears throat> and they're kind of going, oh, come on, get over it. You know what's wrong, you know. And um, But I got to tell you, man, living there, it's um, – because she's always been there. They, you know, nine out of ten people in the U.K. have never known her not to be the monarch. Right. And um, so with her gone, it, it, li- there, it literally feels like there is a gap. There's a space missing that can never be filled again. And, um, and for right or wrong, she, um, you know, she rocked it. And um, she handled the Prince Andrew thing amazingly well. She stripped him of all of his uh, all of his titles. Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, and Andrew was kind of. And a lot of people wanted his head, and of course they paid out the whatever. But that's what royalty does, you know. You did this, yeah. Here's some cash, and <clears throat> and so yeah, that just all went by the wayside. And then the thing with uh, you know Harry and Megan, uh, I'm, I'm dropping my title and whatever, and, which I'm sure Megan went. You're what? You know, but um,
0: <laughs> well, I I grew up wanting to be a princess. What oh, are you What are you doing no, here? No, 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 no. Yeah, the
1: queen dies. She starts thinking, "Oh, Harry, we're two away." <laughs> <laughs> the um, but you know, she kind of had a reconciliation with that, and and, uh, and she you know passed it on to Charles, and um. So yeah, now now yeah, she's gone. It's 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 pretty crazy. Living
0: over there, do you ever have you ever, you know, participate? I don't know, if participated,
1: witnessed any of the you know like the royal pageantry? <laughs> no, in, in I'm public? not. I'm not much f- for that. I, and I think it's um. There's an the argument that they're they're freeloaders and all the space is being wasted and you know the monarchy is it's a dinosaur, but uh, turn it into a museum. Yeah, all that. You know, look at Buckingham Palace. You know, it could be flats. It could be this. You know, but. You know, they do generate. When she was alive, generated a tremendous amount of tourist money, and um, so there is that argument. But um, <clears throat> but no, I never did. You know, it was funny. Um, the only the only brush with royalty I ever had was probably about twelve years ago. I had to do this, you know, Vox taping this location thing. We went around to some graveyards, myself and a camera guy and a sound guy, and and uh, so we were at. Um, some amazing cemeteries and, and some other places. So we're in front of Buckingham Palace, and I'm just kind of, we're going someplace else, and we're kind of bagging the Royals. Look at the size of this pile. I mean, do you really need all this? And and uh, and the land around it, I know it's St. James Park, but couldn't you kind of cheat it with this or maybe that? And yeah. and uh, we're like, yeah, you know, we're like, fuck the Royals, fuck the Royals, and you know, all that kind of attitude. And then we're standing on, but trying to cross the, the road right by the, the, uh, the big... Uh, uh, Queen Victoria statue thing at the, the center. And this car pulls up in front of us, you know, a, like a limo or whatever. And we look down and literally, like, arms reach away behind the window. It's Prince Charles. Oh. And my friend and I, uh, Vinny and I, we both looked at him. We just like, oh, yeah, fuck the rules. Huh. And he looks over and just goes, hello. What? Like, just waves to us, right? Just smiles and waves to us. And we all kind of went, hi. <laughs> you know? It, we, suddenly, we, were, we went from Never mind the buzzcocks, you know, were the Sex Pistols. to like, uh, hi, hi. <laughs> Just oh my God, that was, that was him, right? Yeah, full on <laughs> hypocrite kind of thing, you know. <clears throat> so, but she had, a, I mean, the Queen had a, an amazing sense of humor. There's a, there was a great story a, a friend of mine told who was there when it happened. The deal is when you when you meet the Queen, you got to turn off your phone and everything else. Obviously, it's a courtesy. Yeah. You know. So this 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 buddy of mine is there. And and she's meeting some people from the community, doing some you know obviously some some community work. And while she's talking to him, this guy's phone rings. It's like ringing, and you realize, oh, it's it's my phone. So he reaches in and he pulls the phone out to turn it off. Looks down to see who it is. Turns the phone off, puts it back in his pocket. And she leans in. She goes, "Was it anybody important?" (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah,
0: kind of like. Hello? Have you used that in a comedy club ever? That's uh, it, you could steal that line from her when someone's phone rings in the audience.
1: Oh, I, I, yeah. Usually, I, I kinda, usually you just can't hear the phone ring, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I've, I've taken the phone. Oh, we have all done the worst possible thing you Take can. Take it, and then, Oh, who is this? You know <laughs> yeah. what you're doing right now? Oh, I remember um, doing the uh, the old uh, Seattle Comedy Underground, and uh, it, was, it was below Suwannee's sports bar. And the phone rang. I, I don't know how they got a signal down there. It's in a basement.
0: Here, similar. <laughs> yeah. And so
1: the phone rang, and I grabbed it from them, and I went, "Yeah, you can't talk to her. I had this and that." And there was a, a weekly paper called *The Stranger*, and in the back had all these, you know, dial, you know, one nine hundred sex calls. And I got. Sure. So I I got the paper and I dialed one of the hardcore gay ones, and like, yeah, press one, and just put it on the stool and left it there for a half hour. No. <clears throat> yeah. No. Like, Can I have my phone back? No. No. <laughs> Yeah, and they thought it was funny because they didn't think I did it, and then I got to hear my phone back, and they're like, of course, yeah." Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It's fantastic.
1: I was doing, so I looked a little bit about the
0: uh, the queen. She's lying in state right now. Yeah. Dave, lying yeah. in state until uh, <coughs> Monday.
1: And people were praying by, and, and it's funny because some of the people were doing curtsies, and I'm like, she's dead. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing a curtsy? She's dead. <laughs> did you see that one of the guards fell over?
0: Yeah. Yes! Fainted overnight. Yeah. Yes. I I love. So I love the quote. It says, uh, "I took a quote here from a story about that. Guards in ceremonial uniforms posted around the podium in constant in the constant vigil. They're
1: on six hour shifts. By six hour shifts,
0: one fainted overnight in a sign of the toll standing vigils can take.
1: Yeah. Oh, how dramatic. Yeah. Standing vigils can be very
0: dangerous. Watch out. The thing is,
1: is you know, if somebody, if you're guarding the queen, you're a pawn, right? So I saw that and I kept waiting for the you know, well, who took him out? The rook. (laughs)
0: You know, right. <laughs> was it a bishop? Yeah, that's right. You know,
1: It's a chess joke. <laughs> right there,
0: it's a chess joke. That is. <laughs> come on, nerds, get the chess joke. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's, it's a Bobby Fischer thing. Oh, That's very funny. Uh, three and a half mile wait to say goodbye.
1: Yeah. Three
0: yeah. and a half miles.
1: I know, I know. Yeah, and you got to figure there's probably somebody at the end of this going, we get to see princes die too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you weren't there when she died no that was long yes ago. I was
1: it? <laughs> that was crazy because I, I was my first time over to the UK um, and I blame that on Greg Proops and Mitch Hedberg oh and um, why not yeah well I mean seriously because uh, Greg Proops was at was in Edinburgh in 96 I saw him in January in 97 and he was complaining about playing the uh, um, I'll get to the story eventually uh, uh, playing the Meadows and they paid him a, paid him a flat fee but he um, he goes, next time, I'm going to take the door, and, um, and I'm going to put my friends on. I go, hey, man, if I show up, will you put me on? He's like, yeah. And, and so um, he goes, call me. I'll give you all the names and numbers you have to, if you're serious. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, so I did all that. <clears throat> and then Hedberg went over in 96, and he did this show called Live at Junglers, and, um, which was a bit of a rough show, and I did it. It wasn't great. So uh, he came back, and I asked him. I go, hey, Mitch. And this is beginning of '97, right? I go, hey Mitch, how was you know the first couple of years, yeah first couple months in '97? I go, how was how was London? How was it, man? And, and I've known Mitch a long time, you know. He opened for for a few while. I saw one of his first times on stage at a place called Bailey's Comedy Penthouse in Bellevue, um, yeah. And I, I criticized him, and he got mad at me. And anyway, so we have we had a bit of a contentious relationship f- till the very end. But I I once again miss him terribly. <coughs> So I said, how was London? And he goes, oh, man, I didn't think they were getting my jokes. I think what I was doing was above their head and made them think too much. They wanted simple comedy. Then he paused and went, you should go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, he, then he gave me the number of this guy named John Keyes who worked out all the work papers and the visas and stuff. Like, cause that's yeah, He went to them. Sure. And that's how I ended up. So <clears throat> I go there in 97. I show up in London. I go up to Edinburgh. Do a couple sets for Greg. It was amazing. I mean, back then it wasn't the pressure they have now. You could go up there and kind of mess around. It was very open, very free, very very fringy, and not so much businesslike. And um, and then came down to London. Um, I uh, did a show. I did a set at the Comedy Store in London on Friday. Uh, went well. Guy booked me right then. When are you coming back? I had no intention of coming back. So I went, I don't know, February? And he went, all right. So he gave me a weekend of February, went off to this other club, didn't go well, went out drinking with this Scottish guy named Jeff Boyce, who's a terminal alcoholic. And I was like, I was so hammered. So the next day, vomiting all day, finally got up, did another show that night at the same club and complained about how much I hate this guy for getting me drunk. And then the crowd went for it because I was making fun of this Scottish drunk guy who they all knew. Okay. So the next morning, I get up, it's a Sunday morning, I get up and I'm staying at this, you know, hostel accommodation, student accommodation thing. And I get up and I go, man, I'm gonna get a cup of coffee, but you want I think I want a newspaper, you know? So I went to uh, this place called WH Smith's, which sells newspaper right next to the coffee place. And that's when I saw it, just like rows and rows and uh, just princess died dead, princess died dead, accident, Paris, blah, blah, blah. And I went, oh my God, like that. And this English woman next to me leans over and she puts her hand on my shoulder and she goes, you didn't know?" And I'm like, no. She was, it's so tragic. I'm like, oh God. So I grabbed a bunch of papers, started reading all the papers, going, wow, this is amazing. This is like history. Okay, where do I go in London? It's history. Well, you got to go to Buckingham Palace. So I went to Buckingham Palace. All the flowers are getting lined up. So I went to a florist, no flowers. <clears throat> went to a little bit further out, and just like a simple bouquet, might have been like two pounds, was now like 20, right? So I went to, up to the bouquet, up to where all the things are, and a friend of mine goes, uh, so what'd you do? Did you, you know, you had to offer something? I said, well, I tried doing a set, but uh, <laughs> toughest crowd ever. But uh, I remember up on the Fountains, the Victorian, uh, Queen Victoria Fountains, and there was a, this this Italian guy, and he goes, are they going to bring her here? And I'm like, bring who? You goes, the, uh, the, the princess. Are they going to bring Diana? Are they going to bring her here? You know, it's like the the day, yeah, I mean, she died that night. No. And I went, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna swing her by later, later. In the know. whole car, the whole car too. Yeah, the whole thing, man. You know, oh God, God, see, So yeah, <laughs> he's probably still there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing, and people um, got really upset about that because you know, the, she was a candle in the wind and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And, sure. And um,
0: I was seeing about how there's a big, or, uh, you know, which by the way,
1: time. by the way, I can't help to think that the Queen Mum, you know, the Queen, she gets up to up to heaven. You know, and Princess Diana looks over and goes, oh, Christ. Really? <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> I saw there was debate on whether uh, the shows should go on this week and Monday.
1: <clears throat> well, you know it's weird on the because uh, it happened on a Thursday. And I did a show that night in Ealing. This was a part of a neighborhood in London. And uh, it was for the comedy store because they do these satellite shows, these one-nighter shows. And um, it was myself and two other comedians. And we all died hats, but it wasn't because of that uh, it was a small cr- I don't know what it was I mean they just were not I mean I literally closed the show with please don't follow me on social media and, and walked off and oh then this couple and this couple came up to me and it's like we're huge fans oh my God can we not follow you and I'm like all right, all right. so the um, and then on a Friday night uh, I did a show in Essex and I got a hold of the guy who runs the show his name is Patty Lennox and I go hey Patty are you still doing a show tonight Oh yeah I forgot you're Irish of course you are. But uh, he pops back with, he goes, yeah, but I'm, I'm Protestant, so, you know, we're, we're royalists. But he did have a show, <coughs> and um, and God bless him. I said, I don't really want to hang out. It's like it was an hour and a half on the bike, on the motorcycle. And he goes, I'll put you on first. So I'm like, all right, fine. And we all got paid the same, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So before the show starts, he said, um, and it's this really great room he runs in, um, it's uh, it, Great Dumbau, I think it's called. English have the weirdest names for you know, rooms and, and towns. And he goes. Before we start the show, uh, we would la- ask everybody if we could have a minute silence in honor of the Queen. You can stand or sit. And and 300 people just went, just stood up, and and boom. And it was chilling. It was yeah. chilling. Everybody d- bowed their head. I was like, wow. And that's what all the theaters were doing too. Is they were like giving a minute silence for the Queen or two minutes, depending. <laughs> and then it came down, and Patty told this great story about meeting the Queen. He was a, he uh, was just fourteen years old, and he had to hold the door open for her to walk out on stage. and, and they said, "Okay, now." So he holds the door open, and the music doesn't start. And he's standing there, and the Queen is like, like inches from him yeah. with Prince Philip. And she goes, "Oh, I don't know what the problem is." And he goes, blah, 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 like this. and then she goes, "Maybe nobody showed up." <laughs> 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 right. And then she goes, "We should probably start paying our taxes." Oh, stop! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how she was, you wow. know. Wow. Yeah. So, um, Acme should have booked her. So yeah, I know. Could have so given they, her a guest set. But there, there was a lot of shows that canceled, a lot of shows, and there was a lot of comics who were going, you know. And they canceled the football, you know, the soccer as well. Oh. Which I, I thought see. Was, Doug Stanhope is over there right now. He's, yeah, there's, Doug's there's over there. Monday, they
0: postponed <coughs> it to Tuesday. Everybody, if you have tickets to Doug Stanhope in England or in London somewhere,
1: yeah, yeah, there is. He's going to be in London on, I think it's uh, Sunday and Monday, uh, and um, and one of them is sold out. God bless him, but. um... A matter of fact but i get in monday i'll be jet-lagged i'm not going to go out and that and and so i, I put on twitter you know he's like Here's what I, said. I said i said i'm sorry i won't be around i'll, I'll be out of the country till then so i'm going to miss our, our 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 tradition our ritual of both getting on stage and getting our balls shaved <clears throat> and you click like on it so but um a buddy of mine was going to want to see one of his shows and, and um i can't remember what it was maybe manchester london and he went through a ticket outlet, and they were 411 pounds for one ticket. And some of the others go, well, I bought my tickets like three years ago and paid 40 pounds apiece, but they kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Sure. So, um, yeah, he's getting, I mean, he's, he's commanding big money for it. Um, do I think he deserves it? I don't think anybody deserves that kind <laughs> of money, honestly. Yeah? I mean, I mean, they were charging, the money they were charging for Chappelle and, and Chris Rock, who were just over there. But they were with oh, Jeff that's right. They were with Jeff Ross and some other people. yeah. And, yeah. and I guess the show was amazing. But, you know,
0: I was just uh, a friend of mine saw Chappelle in Minneapolis within the last 10 years. And he was just telling me the other night. He's like, yeah, it was eighty dollars. And I go, oh, yeah, when he was here a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, they were one fifty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Things so uh, have changed. Yeah. Things have changed a lot. You know, but, you know, Doug's over there digging it and he's kicking it and his manager, you know, Brian, um, who. You know, not a fan of, but Doug he picks up uh, he picks up strays and 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 Brian seems to be doing him a good job. So you know, whatever, what do you get on to it? I mean, I love Doug. I haven't seen Doug in years, uh, but you know, he uh, I send him. There's a there's a, a alternative radical gallery called L13 in London, uh-huh. and they put out a calendar every year, and it says, "Will you die this year?" And on every month, they'll like have a little red kind of circle, and they'll circle like random days on every month here are will you guys here are some suggestions why <laughs> and i send him that calendar every year <laughs> but he's never once said thank you but he's never told me to stop <laughs> So I send him to counter year. I
0: hope there's a room in his house that just the walls are covered in these I'd probably get fucking full,
1: and he probably just throws them.
0: <laughs> He's regifting. Yeah, I, <laughs> don't, I don't know. There's someone someplace else going, yeah, Doug Stanhope gives me these calendars
1: <laughs> every year. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> see, I remember Doug and early, I remember coming down the Swanies, coming to Underground in Seattle, and you come down the stairs, and you make a left, and you're at the desk, and you can see the stage. And I remember coming down, this is a thousand years ago in the 90s, and um, I come down because I knew he was in town. I thought, oh, I'll stop by and say hi, because I've known Doug off and on a few years. And um, I come down, turn the corner. He's on stage, like, right in the middle. He's like, so anyway, yeah, so this midget is down there, and they got my balls. Fulton! Fulton, get up here and tell a joke. Come on, you fucker. Get up here and tell right in the middle. And people are like, whoop. The fuck? So I grabbed drinks, went on stage. There was another comic named James Inman. He was in the crowd. So the three of us got on stage and just started swapping road stories. And it was just one of those really great kind of moments, you Hell know? Hell Yeah. Yeah, and um, so oh. then he started doing shows about road stories and stuff. But yeah, there was and the last time I actually went and saw him in London, which was quite a while ago, he um, he knew I was there in the crowd. It was at the Soho Theater, which is like a, at the time like 160 seat or something like that. And he went, I think he did five nights and sold them all out. So we went out later with him, got some drinks, went to a friend of mine's pub that I knew he would be open on a Sunday night, you know, because of the and so you know turned him onto that and. And, um, but yeah, it's, um, my big thing is I, d- I don't pay to see other comedians, <clears throat> you know, if I can help it. Sure. Yeah. I'd rather just give him a text, go, hey, can I stop by? And I've tried to do that a few times with him when he's come through town, going, hey man, I'd love to see you. Anyway, you can sneak a brother in. And, um, never got anything back. So. Do you, do
0: you watch comedian specials on television?
1: No. Never. No. Um, I'll catch bits and pieces of it. I have to admit though. No, I have to, I, I watched... Uh, Chappelle's last one on Netflix, The Closer, because I want to see what the big hubba was about. Okay. And um, I'm sorry, I don't see what the big deal is. I don't know why he's gotten all that backlash from that. Because you think, because I'm ready for it. I'm like, okay, you know, come on, you know, show me this stuff that. Not that I'll be offended, but I would understand why that would be offensive. Right. This and that. Um, I mean, it, it, with the punchline space Jews, I thought that would have had more backlash, but it didn't. <laughs> <coughs> and then I heard from people in the LGBTQ plus community. We're saying the story about him being friends with somebody who was a trans oh he made that up just to try to appease this and you're like at that point I don't believe he made it up at all and hmm. um and I know Jeff Wills uh who works for um Live Nation who's his tour manager and and you know I haven't heard anything you know so you just like because people will always people what happens now is people come into a comedy club with their own agenda and and if you kind of push that a bit they kind of like, oh, what's happening here? And, you know, but it was like somebody's telling me what Louis C.K. says. It, when you go to a comedy club, you've essentially signed an unseen contract that, you know, comedy is going to happen. This is not meant to offend yeah. you. People need to be reminded <coughs> and of that attack sometimes, you. apparently. but yeah. So uh, I have just no patience for that at all anymore. I just know, yeah, just get, get out, go away. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah no. So, and also because when you live when you live in, in Europe and you do these shows in front of people who, who have lived through stories about Nazis. I mean, real fucking Nazis kicking the door in and taking their shit, you know, or their relatives away. And so, you know, when you're like, I'm offended, you know, kind of thing, and you're like, you know, I can't believe the government's doing this. I'm like, well, they're not kicking your fucking door in, are they? Really? Yeah, so, yeah, anyway. (laughs) Love it, love it, love it.
0: Living over there, I want to know, is there anything... Uh, that you never get used to, like that's different over there. Just like I wish it was like it was back in the United States.
1: <clears throat> Pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I um, there lockdown showed the world that they're gonna die. You know, that's what COVID did. COVID brought all that right, to, right to the forefront. We all know we're gonna die, but COVID went, you're gonna die. You could die, and it's not going to be on your terms, and you're not going to have any control into it. And that's kind of how life runs. And and that freaked a lot of people out. I mean, especially here in the states. So they got their guns, and they were complaining about not getting haircuts, and masks don't work, and all all that you know, all that shit, all mm-hmm. that because and it was all fear-based. It mm-hmm. wasn't about freedom. It was all fucking fear. Now there was protests, anti-mask protests, things like they got in London, but it never got any oxygen. They never covered it. They're like, go away, right? <clears throat> and we weren't allowed to leave our house for more than an hour, all that. So as a result, a lot of people did inventory in their lives. And for me, I got into stand-up comedy because it was a great job and it allowed me the freedom to go rock climbing and ice climbing and snowboarding. Now, so suddenly I can't do comedy because of this, this virus, and, but I can't go climbing. I can't leave the house. I can't, do, I can't go anywhere. I can't do all the things that would fill my soul and make me feel complete. And um, so you're like, wow, right? So you start missing this stuff. Because my friends back in Idaho were like, yeah, COVID sucks. Where are you today? Oh, we went hiking. Oh, yeah, we went climbing. And you're like, oh, oh man, right? So yeah, I, I miss I miss the mountains. I miss that. Yeah,
0: outdoor recreation. Uh, <coughs> yeah. Boom in the last couple of years. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. People, they're they're still back ordering bicycles in London because people just went nuts for bicycles. And oh, sure. Yeah. And um, fortunately, I live a five-minute walk from Richmond Park, which is – like three thousand acres, two herds of deer. It's where Henry the Eighth used to hunt deer and deflower handmaidens, you know. <laughs> so, so that was, you know, that helped a lot. And and riding motorcycles, motorcycles is my big outlet. So I have six yeah. motorcycles. They're old bikes. I restore them. I work on <clears> them. <throat> that helped. But um, but I was homeschooling my son, oh, who's wow. who, who nine, because my wife was an essential worker, and I I would rather pull teeth out of a fucking tiger in a cage i mean it was just like holy shit balls, right and so that was tough and um and of course he suffered from that as well you know from his dad trying to teach him sure yeah i'm sure there'll be scars but the um but yeah it was um it was that so the things i miss about america i i miss silly things i miss frosted brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts uh cream of wheat tapioca pudding um, uh, Nathan hot dogs you know Jew dogs they're the best uh, they're the best I know. watch the
0: uh, eat hot dog <laughs> eating contest every year oh yeah know? and you know most people watch that and get disgusted I'm like those hot dogs look so good they look so great they're yeah. so good so great right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so
1: I miss I miss that aspect of the freedom thing interesting the um you know, you know, petrol prices, I mean, we had to spike in petrol. Everybody's complaining because they're paying, what, like five and a half bucks a gallon here or something like that?
0: I uh, never got above five in, or in here, but, yeah. It, hit guy, ten, but it
1: definitely went up. It hit ten bucks a gallon in London. Woo. Yeah, <clears throat> and so that, that was tough. Um, so, um, yeah, there's that. But the, uh, and, and the thing is, is, when you talk to any expat who lives abroad you know, and you ask them, what do you miss about America? It's always the stuff that's not there anymore. You know, they're, they're a little more nostalgic about it. I mean, I miss Coeur Idaho, where I grew up, because it was a great place to grow up. But that place doesn't exist anymore, because it's full of people from Orange County and Texas who came up there and with their, you know, let's go Brandon flags and fuck this and the Trump flags and I didn't stuff. That. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they and they shown up. <clears throat> and the first thing you do is they buy a gun and they walk around town and they're strapped up. And. I remember in the '70s seeing a guy, you know, with a revolver, and everybody went, well, "He's an idiot." Now people are just walking around with him. and 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 if you're around all the time, I ask, "Does it bother you?" I'm like, "Yeah." you just kind of go, you know, like, "Wow," because I took I took gun c- courses, you see the weapon courses, and and they're always told you, you have to make the decision that you've already pulled the trigger when you grab it, and when it's out, you've already pulled the trigger. But these guys are like, "Get out of my parking spot," you know, that kind of shit. Oh, <clears throat> and they have no. A friend of mine is a sommelier. She was work- she working at a health food uh, restaurant, and um, this guy comes in. He's got a MAGA hat on. He's got the gun on. But, you know, she's like, whatever, right? You yeah. obviously moved up here in the last couple of years. You spent three times more for a house than you should have. You you've fucked everybody in town by you know, jacking up prices like this, so nobody can buy a house in town like they used to. <laughs> but so she's like, these are great wines. This is a great wine, this and that. And so, she, you know, she's talking for about 20 minutes, she told me. And then she does it. She eyeballs the gun and smiles and leans in and goes, are you expecting some trouble in produce? (laughs) (laughs) Which is hilarious. And his reaction was like, fine, I don't have to put up with the shit and just walks out. And that's that's a problem. And so, yeah, I I also I miss. (laughs) Yeah, I miss American democracy, which is gone. It's gone. You know, I mean, the, the shades of doubt are there. Um,
0: you still come back a couple times a year? Yeah, I've
1: got property in in Idaho, so um, yeah, I come back and check on it, and and I would love to have a place I can come back to, you know, and 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 hang out in, or you know, I, I don't know if I'd Airbnb it maybe, but just have it free and clear. Yeah, you, <coughs> you do know. That. So there there still is that there's that remote chance. I mean, I I've got a motorcycle and a couple cars and my storage unit, and I still come back and climb, and um, so. Yeah, I, we'll see.
0: So you know I always go back to uh, and I'll look and see like oh is there but, any interesting stories from somebody's hometown, right? But
1: but I have but I have you know my wife and I we have a house in London. <laughs> you know, we have a house that was built in 1873. It's called the end of terrace house and it's two bedrooms, one and a half baths with a garage, really small garden. And um and we owe like this much and it's worth like this much. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: That is awesome. Um the biggest. So I was going to say that uh, you know, I, last last time you we were here, I think I looked it up, and in Coeur d'Alene, the biggest news was there was some uh, pizza controversy. I don't remember exactly what it was. The biggest story, uh, like non like you know, sick crimes. I'm not going to bring that stuff up. Is that uh, you know the actress Reese Witherspoon? Yes. She was recently spotted in a bookstore in Coeur d'Alene. Oh man, <coughs> that's the end of the story.
1: North Idaho is crazy. When I was home in um, in 2019. To, uh, in March of 2019 it went back when snowboarding ice climbers for friends of mine and uh, My lawyer buddy who I've known since he was 12 uh, His name's Rich cook and I go I use all this and that and I go, what's all these famous people
0: rich cook sounds like a job I'm sure <coughs> I said oh that yeah to him, Yeah, right? and yeah.
1: he goes have you been out to Coeur Airport lately and I'm like, why would I go out there? And he's like go out there and check it out, right? So you go out there and there's all these Gulfstream Jets lined up and I'm like who has this? so the people that have places in North Idaho you know, north of Moscow, Idaho, which is within 150, 180 miles of the Canadian border. Tom Cruise, Oprah Winfrey, um, who is at the... Uh, I, I saw
0: pictures of the Kardashians are Kardashians vacationing Kardashians place. Lance
1: Armstrong has a place. Um, <clears throat> What's-his-nose, the, the, um, uh, the old quarterback from uh, the Denver Broncos. Elway. Uh, Elway has a place there. Um, Mark
0: Wahlberg, I saw. Wahlberg, yeah. Vacationing. Um,
1: Adam whatever, the lead singer from, you know, uh, Rune 5, whatever. He's got a place. So I guess he's a total asshole. Oh. <laughs> um, also, the... Um, oh, God, I can't remember. He's, he's an amazing actor. He was in... I'll um, uh, come to me in a minute. But he's been up in Bonner's Ferry for so long that people out there keep an eye on him. They're like, hey, such and such here. And they're like, oh, no, no, you know, oh, kind wow. of thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, lot of stars that moved up there. And my buddy's an architect, Sam Rodell, who's an amazing fucking architect i asked he grew born and raised in north idaho and i said man did you ever think this place is going to blow up like this and he goes no what what amazes me is it took so long you know i'm like wow because you used to be able to buy a cabin on the lake in 1975 for sixteen thousand dollars now you know they'll just tear the place down and put up you know houses and my buddy tom who's a realtor we, you know we were back home last year last summer we took on his bike went around He's like, yeah, that's four point one. Now it's six point two. That's eight million. Oh, but down there, it's Lance Armstrong place. Kardashians are there. <laughs> you know, it's eleven million. That's twelve million. This place is forty-two thousand square foot on 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 this lake. On a lake, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: well, we clearly uh, need to somehow find the next hot spot. I don't know where it is. I I don't know either. You know, um, the thing
1: is, is Montana. There's a lot of place. Montana's kind of blown up in that. You know, and and um, and places around Idaho. There's Ponderay Lake, which is a way bigger, way cooler lake that's blown up. <clears throat> but I don't know, man. I, you know what I would do? I would I would talk to gay people, because gay people always seem to find really cool places to live, and they look after their shit, man. So I mean, you think about it. I you know, uh, uh, you know, Florida Fire Island. Um, you know San Francisco, sure. you know and though, and the time that was some cool places. You know that's gone nuts now. Right, but, right. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I would talk to gay people, find out where they're moving to. <laughs> Why, yeah. Not? Yeah. Why not?
0: Why not? Why uh, not? We only do about a half hour now, Dave. So we got to put a bow on this thing.
1: Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything else that you would want to get off your chest? You would want to promote or mention or anything? <coughs> um, out for I have you? a uh, I have
1: a series of uh, short films. Packaged, it's packaged. called Bad Times. Yeah. Yeah. It's on iTunes. That's there. Um, I, I think I have some stuff on YouTube. I have this, a CD you can download on Amazon. I'm I'm making another short film this fall um, with this. Uh, I'll be shooting in in the UK. Okay. Um, How about the book? <clears throat> the book is funny because I started writing a book about my because my son's adopted. I started writing a book about that journey, and it just got out of hand. And I turned that into a one man show, which I wrote into a screenplay. Somebody optioned the idea, and now that's being shopped. I don't know what's going to happen with that. So, and then. Um, and in the meantime, I've written a book <coughs> and uh, because my family's been in America since prior to the American Revolution. And we always knew there was a family folklore about a relative who uh, fought on the Union side of the Civil War and he didn't like it, so he impersonated a, a woman and deserted his unit. <coughs> and that's all we know. So I've taken that premise and just kind of expanded on it. So he deserts his unit, he puts on a dress, doesn't take it off, befriends a runaway slave and they make their way out west. Now. I've done like five rewrites on this thing. A buddy of mine's reading it now. And I said, So what do you think? And he goes, Well, I've read the first page. It reads like a screenplay. And I went, Is that bad? <laughs> you know? <clears throat> he goes, Well, it reminds me of Michael Crichton. So I'm like, OK. So um, um, the goal is to get that done and get it out there. And because I think it's an original story. And, and
0: um wow good luck with that i th- so i saw the title i think you posted that blue so dress
1: now it makes sense blue dress now yeah, it makes sense about yeah so um, wow so we'll see so in the meantime yeah and, and i'm building another motorcycle and um hope to get some more climbing done and um just it's great i woke up this morning well i woke up at three thirty this morning but i was walking around today and i just really felt the great thing about this town and this club is you can kind of exhale Right, you know, doesn't matter what's gonna happen on stage tonight, or whatever. I could get booed off. It's fine. It's, it's just kind of you. Just kind of go, ah, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's not enough places like that, out there for comedians, you know, and uh. But it's cool that this place is, you know. That's Unfortunately, the- those are the only places I work now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, there's Glasgow, Edinburgh, yeah, Oslo, Norway. You know, uh, a top secret comedy club in in uh, in London. Oh, I've
0: heard good things about that. Yeah,
1: oh, top secret's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. uh So you you heard it from Dave Fulton here. if you, He's he's here. He's relaxed. Uh, you're gonna get the most natural uh,
1: act that you can yeah. find here. And I br- I brought Lewis more whiskey, and I'm drinking. I got a, this a Scotch blended whiskey called Sheep Dip. I got some, so if you want to try some later, we can. Oh, oh, there
0: we go. All right, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Justin. There we